Greetings and welcome to What's Wrong with Wolfie, a podcast dedicated to the pop culture from the 80s to the now. My name is Jason. And I'm Chris. And we have a treat for you this time as we welcome back Christian Din to the podcast. We know him well as two-time Games Master Gold and Joystick winner, and you should definitely hit the backlog to listen to our first interview with him as it was a cracker. But this time he's here to discuss another TV show he appeared on, and that is Squid Game The Challenge. After watching the series over Christmas, I was really intrigued with quite a lot of how the show was put together and what the experience was really like. And that's the road we go down with Christian. And Chris, I'm just slightly interested in whether you've seen the show or the original Squid Game show. Uh, Yes, I was one of the early adopters to Squid Game after people messaged me after it went live and said, you need to watch this. I was on it straight away and I was like, this is, and as soon as the first carnage started happening. I was like, yeah, yeah. And I watched the whole season in two days. And then I think I watched it two weeks later as well, all the way through again, and loved every minute of it. And I chose to watch it with subtitles rather than dubbed because you get more of the emotion that way. And you get more of that that feeling that you don't get from a dubbed dubbed version. As for the uh, Squid Game, uh, is it the challenge? Squid Game, the challenge? Mm-hmm. I hadn't watched it until I started watching bits of it yesterday or the day before because it wasn't it wasn't on my radar. So and then when I knew that we had this guest on, I was trying to squeeze in enough time to try and squeeze in at least a few episodes of it. Yeah, so that's what I've been sort of doing and researching and researching Christian on socials, and I have it on right now on mute behind us <laughs> uh, with subtitles just to sort of get that you know, overstimulated um, thing going on. So, yeah, it's, it looks really exciting. I'll be watching it properly as soon as I can. Yeah, it's uh, they really nailed the vibe of the Squid Games and um, and the games. So, yeah, so it's, it's a really good show, actually. And um, and if you haven't checked it out, then uh, I suggest you do. It's, um, it's some interesting entertainment. So, uh, yeah, please go and do that and let us know what your thoughts are on the Squid Game, the challenge. But, um, yeah, before we get to Christian, I just wanted to remind you all of a few things Firstly, we are a fan-supported show, and if you'd like to throw us a quid or two, then coffee is the place to go. But if that's not right for you right now, then you can support us for free by giving us a five-star review or rating on your podcast platform of choice. I just want to thank everyone who has left us a review or rating, and also a big thank you to the couple of people that have done so over on Good Pods. So a big thank you to Carl for leaving us a five-star review, and also to the Socks Podcast for their kind review of our gladiators episode so really thank you very much really 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 grateful and appreciated also please come and say hello to us in our discord where you can come and be a part of a small community to discuss pretty much anything pop culture related or just to share what's going on in your day you can find links for our coffee or discord in the show notes or on our website at thewolfypod.com now we've got all that out of the way what it's left to do is to get on with the interview with christian so enjoy delighted to welcome back to the podcast mr christian din all right chrissy how you doing hello hi guys i'm good i'm good thanks for having me on again 
great to have you back, my friend. And um, how, you, how have you been since you've been on last? I've been well. It's been uh, quite a ride, quite a journey. Sure. Quite a, yeah, quite a life journey, learning a lot about myself. But yeah, it's been good. It's been great. Now, you're here to talk about another TV program that you've been involved in, and that yes. is Squid Game The Challenge. And um, I'm really excited to get to talk to you about this program because uh, I'm very intrigued about quite a lot of it. Before we do get into into Squid Game itself, I, I think we all just need an update on the Natalie and Brulia situation. <laughs> oh, I um, last time I spoke to you, I said I would message her. Right? That's right. I, um, I couldn't do it. I chickened out. I, I, I just didn't have the balls for it. <laughs> Sorry. Shabby. Uh, it, I was deliberating all, you know, after I spoke with you every day, I was thinking, should I message her? Should I not? How am I going to do it? I just couldn't do it. But maybe this year I will do it. Finally. Maybe this Jason, is the this year. One for you. Yeah. This is the year. <laughs> I'm going to slide into her DMs. Nice. And see what she says. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, wait, Natalie and Brulia. What what's going on with Natalie and Brulia? But there's a whole story that Chrissy told the last time he was on the podcast about when he was at Games Master in the nineties, and Nat- Natalie and Brulia was there, and he was pretty confident that they were flirting. And you know, <laughs> oh yeah, those those early memories they stay with you, man. Yes, <laughs> it does. It stayed with me ever since. <laughs> Men don't forget stuff like that. We're we're chemically imbalanced like that. <laughs> I mean, I was only 14 at the time. Exactly. I was, <laughs> was mesmerised. I think she was 18. Yes. There's not even that much of an age difference. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> oh, I heard you go nervous. I'm sweating. I'm sure your wife wouldn't mind. <laughs> I'm sweating right now, just thinking about her. <laughs> of course she wouldn't mind. Yeah. Where's Natalie Brute? I always, when she comes on the radio, I say, oh, there's my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I have not spoken to her since. Yeah. It's been a long time. Next time, next time you come on the show, I need, I need a, I need a proper update. I need, I need some, you know, meaty. You need some receipts. You need some proof. Yeah, man. I'll bring the receipts next time. Okay, cool. <laughs> right, Squid Game. How? What made you go to Squid Game? It's weird. I did not even know they was making a, a, a live show. Um, someone, my friend, just sent me the link and said, "Here, you love all this TV game stuff. Apply for it." And I said, "No, I don't." been on one show games master or well, games world but games, i've been on one show really they go no you love it just apply and i, I read it and i thought oh my god 4.56 million oh wow but then i read it what you need to do you need to um obviously send in your details and then record a one minute video and i thought oh no 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 this is my worst nightmare i hate doing things like that so i'll pass i don't think i can do it even i know it's a lot of money but i don't think i could just do this 60 second video introduce myself you know you have to introduce yourself how are you going to play the games what would you do with the money things like that and i just really cringe because all i think about is big brother and that's how you have to audition for big brother send in like a 60 second video of yourself and i thought oh no i can't do it i just have this fear of doing things like that so i went to sleep on it and i thought oh kind of like going through like a midlife thing where I've got to get everything out of the way now before, before I won't do anything else in a few years time. So I thought, oh, go on, just apply. So I did it. I made this video and I thought of an idea of including the golden joysticks in there somehow, <laughs> which I, I did. I knew <laughs> I it. did. I had to. <laughs> and I flashed them. I, I did like a, a subliminal flash where if you blink, you miss it, but you do see it, but then it's, it's really quick. And then, um, 
yeah, I sent that in and I thought, okay, let's just see how it goes. The next day I got a call straight away. And the first thing the casting producer said was, I have one question and I, I need to know what were those golden things that were you were holding <laughs> in the video? <laughs> so it worked. My idea of just including them, that's what caught their eye. Because I, I can imagine they must get like thousands, I thought at the time, must have had thousands and thousands of these audition videos that they have to watch and listen to the same thing being said by everyone. So I thought, how do I stand out? So I put on the brightest top. I had a, I put on like a green, I had a Luigi t-shirt. I had a red Mario one, but I thought I put the green one on just so that it stands out. I stood against a white background. So all you see is this green shirt. <laughs> and then I was in, the, in there, I told you, I flashed the golden joysticks, but really close to the camera and then it disappeared. So it's like, oh, what was that? That's what I was going for. And that's the exact question he asked when he called me. What were those things? And I explained to him, but he was only, oh, I think he was like in his 20s. So he didn't really know what it was. He said, oh, never heard of that show, but okay. And then that got my foot in the door. And then I had to use my personality to try and win him over. And it worked. So it's all down to Games Master, really? Yeah. I credit Games Master for that. <laughs> so, so, so you essentially pulled two subliminal messages to the Squid Game <laughs> cast, casting directors. You wore green against a white background. And then you did, yeah. <laughs> intentional or not, because it's the same overalls. <laughs> and you also did the Tyler Durden from Fight Club by inserting a pornographic frame in a family movie <laughs> in the cinema. And everyone turns around and says, did you all just see what I just saw? And it worked. You flashed a golden joystick and boom. <laughs> I flashed the joysticks. <laughs> a little gimmick goes a long way. <laughs> But I did, the reason why I flashed him, I did say, because it's a good game, why I'll be good. I, I said, I'm a bit of a gamer. And as soon as I said that, I flashed him joysticks. That was Perfect. It. What was what was the next stage in in the process? Well, after that, so he'll call me and just to get me speaking and have a quick chat with me, see what I'm like as a person. And if he likes me, then he'll say, okay, I'm going to, we're going to call, if we like you, we're going to call you again over FaceTime now so we can see each other and it'll be recorded so then they can pass it on to the the higher ups. So then I had the I had the FaceTime another day and then but this time he's asking loads of questions in terms of strategy. How how would you approach this game? What would you do? And I'm like, but I don't really know what the games are gonna be unless it's gonna be exactly the same as the show, right? Mm -hmm. And he kept telling me that not necessarily we're going to be doing the same games. We don't know what the games are, but it won't be the same. So I'm like, so I can't tell you a strategy if I don't know what we're going to be doing, right? So I had to just try and summarize a strategy. Like if I'm going into a, a dorm with hundreds of people, this is what I'll do. You know, I'll try and um, make allies, join teams, find out who's the strongest and assess people quickly. Who's going to help me? Who's not? Things like that. I was just kind of waffling a bit, trying to think of something that, I, th I thought they might want to hear. They say, no, don't say what we what you think we want to hear. Just say what you would actually do. And I, again, I said, I don't really know what I'll do because I don't know what's going on, <laughs> right? So I had to try and think, and I had to make up some scenario of what the games would be like and what I'll do. So I was really quite general with what I was saying. But anyway, once we've done that, he said, okay, if, if we like you, you'll get another call from us and then um, we'll take it from there. So I waited about a week. And I thought, oh, that was it. They didn't like me because I didn't get a call. Then I got another call and said, oh, we're going to film you again. But this time um, we're going to ask you a few more questions, more specific questions. This this one is going to be uh, recorded again and it's going to be seen by the producers in America. 
the higher ups in Netflix. I said, so that's just okay. Thanks for the pressure. Make me really nervous <laughs> now. All right. Could could have told me afterwards. Yeah. So with this one now, they start asking specific questions like, um, you know, what would you do in certain situations? Um, if you get close to anyone, would you be willing to stab them in the back and things like that? So of course, I, I I'm going to say yes, even though I don't know if I would. But I was like, yeah, of course. If with that much money on the line, you do anything, right? So again, I'm just kind of waffling on, just saying what I think they want to hear. I mean, it is a good strategy, again, but I don't know if that's what I'd really do. But I'm just saying all these things, all these wild, wild things that I would do. And then next thing you know, that's why then the summer came along. This was this was in July. Yeah, the whole summer went by. August, I didn't hear from him. So I thought, oh, it's dead and buried. And then they reached out to me in September. And say, you're not through yet, but uh, we just need to do some checks. So they did all the, the background checks, they did social media checks, just seeing if, you know, going back the full history of every social media I have, you know, Facebook, Instagram, everything, just to see if I've, you know, said anything bad in the past and things like that. Yeah, just the usual stuff. Go, go get doctor's checks. So I'm thinking this is quite thorough if I'm not through. So yeah. I was, um, I was quite, I was like, this is uh, getting quite excited at this point. I'm thinking, you know, this sounds good. And they'd done all the checks and then again, just went dead for, this was September now. And I heard nothing all the way until about December. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm done. I'm really, I'm quite sad because I was actually looking forward to going on the show and I didn't hear anything for three months. I thought, oh, it's, it's dead and buried. And the next thing you know, I get a call in December. This is, oh, I, I can't remember if it's after Christmas. It was very close to Christmas. They told me, um, congratulations, we've uh, selected you to be on the show. We'll be um, filming in January, so um, get ready. And this is December, so this is practically like two weeks before. I thought, oh, wow. So at that point, I was just like, I was eating at the time. I just left all my food, <laughs> ran around the house. And <laughs> that's it. Joy. Four million dollars, here I come. Everything's banking on this. I was like planning my life <laughs> afterwards with yeah. the money. That's, what I, that's how bad I wanted yeah. it. <laughs> It's uh yeah, it surprises me like it the 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 process was so stretched out and then they give you like a month's notice before they start filming. Yeah, I think they did I think I spoke to everyone. Everyone got or most of us got the call, the okay at the same time. So they left everyone waiting. Because if they told everyone early, because they didn't want us to say anything, right? It has to everything will have to be hush hush. Mm. So if they told people early, some people might get a bit excited and carried away and mention it somewhere social media or something like that so they waited to like as close as they could because they obviously there's they had to this is an american show i think about 70 percent of the contestants were american yeah so i guess they had to um, tell them give them enough time to fly them over and things like that but they did tell us to tell our our employers that we need to be off from um january so for up to four weeks mm -hmm. so just have that booked just in case Obviously, it got to December and I thought, I haven't heard from him. And if it's filming January, that's it. It's done. And then I got a call so close to January and I thought, oh, wow, here we go. Let's do it. Because <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned it's like an American show. but And that surprised me when I found out that they actually filmed it in Bedfordshire, didn't they? Did did they really? Yeah. Yeah, the first red light, green light, the first game was in Bedfordshire. So we, we drove there. But after, when we went into the dorms, that was in um, Barking. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, they had two studios. I think because the red light, green light was such a massive, it's the two um, big hangers. It's huge. Yeah, that didn't even occur to me. So it wasn't filmed in America, even though it's an American production. Yeah. It, it, they used um, Brit British um, production teams to make it, but it, 
essentially it's an American show. Obviously, the prize money is in dollars as well. Mm. So I, th- I think the main criteria for giving it to the British production team company was that you had to get predominant, predominantly American contestants. Yeah, I suppose it balances it out, doesn't it? The show had to be a success in the States because that's where most of the money comes from. And to do that, you have to have relatable contestants. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to do well in the States, you've got to have a lot of American contestants that from all over the States that they can relate to one of them at least. You know, they could be from their town, their state. They could relate to rather than just all these foreign Europeans that they can't really relate to as much. I must admit, though, the sets look stunning. Like, oh, what were. was What was that like to walk on? Like, just looking at it and from the trailers I watched... When when was this out? A year ago? Was it yeah. released a no, year ago? The sh- the show aired in November. Right. Okay. Well, February about three months ago, but it was right. filmed in January twenty three. In a teaser trailer, they they just throw out like little glimpses, don't they, of yeah. like footage? And I think I was watching. It came up on probably a YouTube ad of like related stuff, and I thought to myself, "Oh, they're advertising a reality show," and I, for some reason, assumed that oh, they're just taking. It, uh, video grabs from the show and then when i saw the full trailer i was like wow like those sets have been meticulously built yeah. and designed and they're almost indistinguishable from the actual show itself oh, this was so good yeah they were so good and um, they even had the director of squid game the, the creator come down and look at the sets and that, he was oh, amazing. amazing yeah he, he was in awe he was like wow this is like almost exactly the same replica of what they did when they were filming their show so and they must have done a lot of that by like recreation by eye unless oh, yeah. they got hold of i don't know set builders blueprints for instance but i think it's a bit of um yeah a bit of both yeah even like the, the almost toy like staircase i looked at it and i was like that could be from the actual show it's that accurately project because it's not like you now you see some game shows based on TV and you're like that looks yeah. cheap and nasty. But these sets on what I've been watching recently and the way it's filmed is so cinematic as well, and it sells that set design and set building. Because yeah. I was expecting you know you watch something like The Crystal Maze and it looks like it's filmed on a set of Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks a bit British, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Whereas this is just so polished and beautifully shot and built and everything. Uh, it's got the Netflix money behind it, isn't it? So. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. good production, yeah. Netflix money, yeah. And that's why they they spent so much on the production and and everything that they said they needed this to be a success. That's why it had to, it had to succeed to get that money back. So you got accepted, you're new, everything was in place. The first day you were there, just, just tell us a little bit about that first day that that you arrived it was uh, bag of nerves i mean everything has to be hush hush right can't tell anyone you're going on so i'm going around like i'm on a secret mission here i'm packing all my things apparently can't even tell you could tell your immediate family and that is it Mm. so i'm packing things everyone i'm saying goodbye to everyone they're like where you going i said uh just on a retreat you know away for a while (laughs) can't say where but um the hotel we had to go to hotel first which is in um tower bridge of London yeah so I just remember on the way I was just trying to manifest my wins so of thinking about again they didn't tell me what the games would be they said the games won't be the same so you don't know what the game's going to be so I'm just trying to imagine playing any game random games in my head and, and winning getting through every stage so that's what I was doing on the on the train towards um, Tower Bridge and when I got there I just saw loads of people 
with suitcases the same. I thought this this must be it. This is the the lobby where all the contestants. So I'm just looking around, just seeing if I see any one who looks like they'll be a threat to me. Already eyeing up the competition, but everyone had to wear masks, so we had to all put the face mask on, and no one was allowed to speak. So I didn't know this, right? So we're sitting down, and I could hear people talking, and the production team walking around. Shh, guys, no talking, no talking. Come to find out that they wanted um, any interaction to first time interaction to be when we go into the dorm. So it'd be natural yeah. rather than everyone knows each other already because yeah. we were speaking in the lobby. So they wouldn't let anybody speak. Obviously, some people would try to whisper and ask questions. And as soon as they see you, they'll come over. Excuse me, guys. No talking, no talking. <laughs> so with that, I thought, oh, this is um, pretty serious. You know, I'm just looking around. There's so many people. I know there's going to be 456 people, but you don't realize how much that is until you're like all standing there. You think, damn, this is a lot of people. So yeah, just um, just really excited, but nervous at the same time. They took you to the dorms, I assume. Did they give you a track suits? Did you know your number before you went? Yeah, so this we didn't get to go to the dorms yet. So we're all in a hotel and um, everyone's queuing up, getting their, their, their goodies. We, we get a little starter pack, which has like a comb, toothpaste, just things like that, a deodorant. Then they give us our track suits and we have to stay in our hotel rooms. No one's allowed out of their rooms. So... We had to be there. Some people were there for up to five days, a week before. Wow. Five days, seven days. Um, I was there for just two days before, just to isolate and um, get accustomed. So we had to eat the food. They gave us some food that they said would help us kind of get accustomed to what we're going to be eating inside. So it's like buffet, but it wasn't the best. And then um, I just remember queuing up at the buffets and all the Americans are like, oh, UK food is nasty. I'm like, this is not a fair representation of UK food, but (laughs) they're like, oh, what is this? What is this? Oh, it's so bland. Things like that. But um, yeah, so even through that, we weren't allowed to speak, right? So they they had people always scattered around, kind of like watching us. So if we speak, they'll be like, no speaking, no speaking. We're like, this is crazy. We're like, we're school kids, you know, (laughs) queuing up, getting food, not allowed to talk. And everyone's just back to their hotel. And then it comes the last day before we go off to do the first game. Everyone had to hand in their phones. So that is it. You just no phones, just in the hotel room. Then they woke us up on, um, I believe it's a Sunday or the Monday, about 4 a.m., get on a coach, drive to the first game, which is the, the, the hangers to do red light, green light. So we didn't even go to the dorms. So we went there straight and straight away business. Wow. We get there. Everyone's getting mic'd up. We was wearing like um, blood packs, but they were filled with black ink. So everyone had to put that on under their shirts. Mm-hmm. And if you remember in the shows, every time you die, you get black squibbed. You get squibbed, so black ink comes out of your shirt. Mm-hmm. That was all the blood packs that we had to put on. So everyone's queuing up, putting on for, oh, going straight into a game. Yeah. No dorms. I was thinking we're going to the dorms first, but I realized it's because there's just too many people. They're going to have to whittle, whittle, whittle the numbers down by playing the game straight away. Go through all the briefing, how the game's going to work. This was January. It was freezing cold. It was. <laughs> I can imagine, especially filming in London as well. Freeze! It was um, on that day. Uh, it was minus three degrees. Right. Wow. Um, and you're filming in a big metal box, tin box, essentially as well. Yeah. There's no no heating, no heat. <laughs> it's just every time you speak, you can see the, the the condensation, the mist coming out. Every time you speak, it's it is that cold. And we just got a tracksuit on. They've given us thermals to wear, but you know it was cold. So everyone, when before we play, we was. Get, eating some breakfast everyone's in individual tents i think there's about f- 30 to 50 people to a tent and um everyone's just having breakfast and everyone was freezing right so it's finding the nearest like port- portable heater and just standing in front of it just to keep warm it was that cold then then they, they marched us into um the the set the the red light green light arena and we hadn't we hadn't seen it yet 
So as soon as the doors open in the show, you see everyone walking in and, you know, jaws drop like, wow, that was our genuine reactions because that's the first time we've seen it. Mm. So they filmed that. So we opened the doors, everyone's going in. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. This looks, this looks beautiful. This looks just like the show. But at the same time, we're like, this is it now. This, this is game on straight away. And we're thinking, damn, what happens if you lose right now? You're going home. I mean, we just left the hotel to come here. Imagine you yeah. play this straight back home and you're gone. <laughs> so it was it was definitely that um that harness on a roller coaster moment where you ain't getting off. <laughs> yeah. You know, that horrible anxiety. I'm glad you cleared it up with me because I did wonder how they did the the shots to the chest and you explained it as a squib. Mm. I was asked, they said, Oh, did they have like um paintball shooters? shooting how aiming would that for you be with paintball guns. Like, it wouldn't be logistical <laughs> in the slightest like, so someone did they shoot you with paintball guns i said do you know how many people they were imagine they're trying to yeah. shoot me and someone yeah. just moves their head in front <laughs> just getting them like right in the head navy navy seal like sharpshooters <laughs> to do that but um yeah we all had to queue up and put those on which is all underneath i thought oh wow this is a uh, this is cool it's like I'm getting ready for action action movie, you know. <laughs> Imagine we got picked up at four o'clock in the morning by the coaches and we arrived at destination. It took about two hours or so at six. We didn't start the game until midday after lunch. Oh, okay. So imagine in, in between, we're like, get, everyone's queuing up, getting squibbed up. People get mic'd up as well. But this is the thing. Not everyone was mic'd up. They chose about... 25 to 30 people to mic up and got them to we're filming like talking scenes where everyone's there but then they'll just have the people mic'd up have a little conversation about whatever they wanted some of us were thinking oh why did they get interviews you know and and not everyone are they like the chosen ones or and that's what we were all thinking but that's everyone was given up. like a dummy a dummy mic just to make it look like we were all mic'd up yeah so i had a dummy mic there's like i said only about 25 to 30 people had real mics but yeah, so we had to film all that scene, take pictures, get explained the rules because there's a lot of money at stake. So they had to be really um, detailed with the exact rules so that you don't get eliminated and complain afterwards. That took hours. And then finally, we thought we were going to play and they say, okay, it's lunchtime. We'll go have lunch. <laughs> but, oh my God. So we had to leave the <laughs> arena, go have lunch in the cold again. Lunch was horrible, by the way. But anyway. What would you like in their catering to? Oh my God. Uh, school dinners or bowling alley birthday party or oh like gosh. a bowling alley birthday party would be like a Michelin star restaurant compared to what oh we ate. god <laughs> in the tents right <laughs> we were, we I were... can't imagine I don't know it wasn't that bad yet alright we haven't got into the <laughs> yet, yet okay? yet so in the tents we just had like um, it was breakfast so it was like we had sausage baps like you know sausage rolls breakfast rolls some really some burgers the dry everything was just dry but I, like i said I, I hadn't experienced the full wrath of what they're going to do to us with food yet so this is i'm thinking this is just normal right it's just a bit dry it's under like a heater light so everyone's just picking it and eating okay fair enough so we go back in final uh, they let us have a trial run this was must be about 1 1 p.m now so they let us have a trial test so we can hear the music how it's going to sound how long it lasts because everyone's getting panicky like how long's the music what does it sound like what happens when the music stops and i'm in the middle of a step you know and does it count if i move or not so all these questions i said no no so we were wearing um like a what we thought was a motion sensor everyone had it on their shoulders and they said there's going to be drones flying about to watch us there's going to be people 
watching us live as well to make it as fair as possible. Right, so then we go through all these rules, asking questions. They let us have a dummy run. And trust me, the music, when it starts and it ends, it's literally about four or five seconds. It's so quick. So by the time you run, you'll stop. Uh, that's it, right? So anyway, we will queue up and get ready. And everyone gets to the line. You have to stand on this starting line. And there's so many people. So you're just crammed. You're thinking, where shall I stand? To the side, the middle. Because to the side, you can lean on the walls. The middle, you're just there, a freestanding person. Mm -hmm. Everyone was cramming to the line and I thought, oh, there's no point cramming because when you start, everyone's going to be pushing each other and you could get pushed, right? So I stood away from everyone. I'm, I'm at the back now, okay? I'm like five rows, five rows back before the starting line. And I thought, okay, this is more safe. I'm, no one, I don't want to be too close to people. I see the people at the front. They, they, they're lucky. They got to the front and they got their spot. But people just behind, second row, third row, they all crammed it. I was watching them. They all like squished in. And I thought, oh, this is, that's not a good spot to be. So now, now I'm thinking, okay, the game's about to start. So you've come a long way, Chris. So don't mess this up, you know, focus. This is it. Game starts now. By the way, it's freezing. So they, it is so cold. And, and just before this, whilst we were in the tent having lunch, everyone was talking tactics. How are you going to move? How are you going to freeze? So everyone's trying to find like the best position, how to stop. Because in the show, right, it's five minutes. You stop for about 10, 20 seconds. People get shot. Then you move on. They told us that we could be standing from five to 10 minutes each time. No. Really? <laughs> and then we were like, 10 minutes? That's a long time to stand still, right? Yeah. So then everyone's like, okay, we've got that information now. So everyone now is, because they said it takes a long time for them to to watch and look at everyone to see if any, everyone's moved or not. It doesn't, you can't do it in like 10, 20 seconds because there's 456 of you, right? It's difficult. So everyone's practicing a, a method of how to stop. People are like, oh, you got bend your knees, get a stable base or wide stance and things like that, right? <laughs> this is so funny. Everyone was had it. As soon as we started and we stopped, after that first stop, everyone's tactic went out the window. You, you see why? <laughs> 10 minutes they told us, right? I kid you not. The music went. And it is about only about five seconds. Then the music stops. Everyone stops. They had a standing there. I'm not joking. 20 to 30 minutes of time. Oh, standing no. still. From a five second tune. So imagine how far you can get in five seconds. From start to finish. It was like a, a full size football pitch. Right? So you're barely moving. Especially if you're all clustered in. Two, 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 um, two musics went and I hadn't even crossed the line yet. That's how far back I was. It was crazy. And this is what they do. They'll put five minutes on the clock. The music will go. The time will tick down. It's about five seconds. Then the clock will stop and we all stop. And then what they do is they make the clock just disappear. So now there's no clock. And then you're just standing there in silence. I mean, some people are farting. You could hear any noise, <laughs> farts, just sounds. But it was eerily quiet. Apart from the farts, but um, it was cold. <laughs> Trust me, you're like thinking, okay, I'm standing there. This is the first time I went in the worst position ever, right? I had a slight bend in my knees. Like I thought, this is solid. Mm. After two minutes, my um, quads, they were shaking. Mm. Imagine trying to do a minute half squat. Yeah. Just go, imagine doing a squat, but half squat and then trying to hold it there. My legs were trembling and I thought, <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't, I can't, I can't stay still. I said, I'm sure it's only about a minute gone. I said, I can't believe it. I've come all this way. One minute in the game, I'm going out. I'm going to get squibbed. I can't believe it. And I thought, I can't go out there. So I was trying to distract myself, thinking about, think about the money. Think about the money. 4.56 million. 4.56 million. Think about your kids. Think about your kids. 
But all the while, I was shaking. My leg was, it's like, it was tough. I couldn't do it. I didn't know what to do now. I'm thinking, what can I do? What can I do? I'm about to go out. I said, I'm going to quit. And I thought, the only thing I can do, I thought, try straighten your legs. Try try lock out the knees because I had both knees bent and they were aching. I said, mm-hmm. try straighten out your legs. So I said, how are you going to do that? I said, move. Straighten them like one centimeter every minute. So count to 60, but slowly as you can, just straighten up. So I did it after about five minutes of, of doing it. I managed to straighten <laughs> my legs out. As soon as I got my legs straight, the relief, you wouldn't believe. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> It's like when you're holding a, a Wii and you need to pee. There's no way to pee. You're like, no, I'm to the toilet. And then as soon as you let it out, you're ah. That's exactly how I felt when I straightened my legs. I was like, oh my God. So I was fine. But then I'm thinking, I'm sure 10 minutes is up. And I'm counting away in my head. I'm counting, trying to count to get the time. I counted it up to 20. And we're still standing still. No one's moving. I'm like, when is this music going to start? Crazy. Then I get, Then it went and we moved again. And this time I said, stand up straight. Do not do that stupid leg bend. And what you see after the first stop, everyone was standing up. On the second stop, you see people just drop to the floor and sit down. People are lying down, sitting down. They say, I'm not standing up again after having to stand still for half an hour. So it was crazy. And it was about 20 minutes to half an hour every time. That's cr- that is bonkers. So and what you see on screen, and it's freezing cold. So if you think, people are think, yeah, minus three is fine. I'm, I can do that. But imagine... Minus three of you not moving though. You're just standing still. Yeah. Because if you're out walking in minus three, you know, it's all right. You're cold, but because you're walking, you know, your blood's your blood's warm because you're moving. Here we're just standing still for half an hour at a time. Yeah. So you're shivering. People are starting to shiver and you think, I can't shiver too much because that motion sensor might yeah. go off and I'll get squibbed, which happens to a lot of people. They're standing still and you see, you just hear pop, pop, pop. And they're like, oh, I didn't move. I didn't move. But clearly they must have moved because why did where else did they get squibbed? Mm. But it was it was uh, it was the toughest thing I've ever done. That's just an insanely long time to expect people to stand still. Like you don't even get that punishment in school when you're told to stand against a wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was, it was like, painful. It was so and yet painful. you watched a show and you assume people are just standing still for the same amount of time as the music was playing. Mm. Yeah, there was one scene in the in the first episode of this girl she did a squat and as soon as she did a squat she goes why did i squat Mm. yes i did hear that (laughs) and then and then she starts she goes through this monologue of talking her head like oh my god it hurts so much it hurts so much but you're thinking come on 20 seconds you can't hold a squat for 20 seconds Mm. and then she goes i can't do anymore and then she just sat down and gave up and then she got squibbed right because in reality imagine i think she did really well she held it for a good seven eight minutes and then she gave up because it was too much (laughs) That's but, impressive. Oh, I felt sorry for her. It's yeah, funny yeah. now you've explained that from a sheer production point of view and like narrative, like they've made you stand there for twenty minutes to get the pain reactions and the I'm yeah. done with this shit reaction, and then they've edited it in a way where it's like you've been there for like you said twenty thirty seconds. Yeah, but yeah. then they put in all the all the painful moments of the people losing their balance or just standing yeah. there going, "Oh my back can't do this anymore." or yeah. Now it makes total sense. <laughs> so my total time, I was looking at the clock and we had markers. We had, there was houses on the sides. There was four houses before you crossed the line. So I was using it as a marker. By halfway, so by two minutes 30, I should have crossed past the second house. That's like my marker to see if I'm on track. Two minutes 30 on the clock and I hadn't even reached. I was just past the first house. I thought, 
I don't know how I'm going to do this because I'm in so much pain. It's so cold. I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. So I'm going to have to just really sprint now because I wasn't sprinting because the music's so quick with everyone in your way. You're trying to avoid people, people on the floor, you're stepping over them. You're just kind of like shuffling. You're, you're jogging and shuffling. Then I looked at the distance and where I was and the time left. I thought, if I don't pick up the pace, I'm not going to make it. And I can't take just standing half an hour every time because it's just, you can't, you have to do things and you think about things just mm -hmm. to keep your mind going, right? I can't run on the treadmill because I get so bored mm. mentally. So I'd never do treadmill run because it's just too boring. So this was pain for me where you're just standing still, just looking. So I had to find ways to entertain myself by looking at different people in front of me, looking, just describing them to myself like, oh, this person's got nice hair. Long. I was just trying to find ways to just keep stimulated, just to keep uh, standing up. But then, so I started sprinting, but it was so cold that I couldn't feel my toes. So I was running with like, it felt like ice blocks on my foot, flat footed. I was just stomping away. Every time the music started, I thought, I'm running. I ran as fast as I could and just stopped. Next time the music went, just sprint as fast as I could. Till when it got right to the end, I couldn't make it. I stopped. I had one more stop. I thought, shit, there's another half an hour to stand here. And I was actually hallucinating. I was wobbling, standing still because it was, by that time, I was seven and a half hours in now of playing this game. Because I was counting, I thought this is about roughly about seven and a half hours now. And I was sort of starting to wobble. And I thought, if I don't make it this next one, I'm probably going to faint. People were faint. People passed out earlier. So they had to get the medics in. And luckily, during that time, they said we're allowed to move, but not from the spot. Just kind of like, you know, move our necks and that whilst mm -hmm. all the medics are rushed in. So that was like a little respite for us. But apart from that, we had to play the game as strict as possible. And luckily, I crossed the line. It was fine. But all the meantime, we're standing still. The cameramen are walking around in our faces, just filming, getting their shots. We had drones flying above our head, creating more wind. It's cold enough as it is. Then you've got the, all the breeze from all the, the drones that are flying above our heads. The worst game, I said, this is the worst experience, hardest thing I've ever done. And I'll never want to do it again. When I cross the line, <laughs> it was just relief. Yeah, never man. again, I said. <laughs> you bring up people like dying. And that's one thing that I had to giggle at. Because some people yeah. accepted their fate and just went, oh, for fuck's sake. Or, well, that's yeah. that then. And then some people were like kids in a playground. When that squib went off, <laughs> they were doing their like Oscar winning death performances. And I had to, I was like, I was giggling at that. I thought that was brilliant. They were putting it all into it and just like, oh, that's a death scene. <laughs> they told us if you get squibbed, just like you're, imagine you're dead. You, you died and just fall on the floor and just lie there. That's the only thing they told us. So the ones who made it really dramatic, I guess that if they've died, they, they thought this is my exit. It's <laughs> going to be my, you know, dramatic exit. So I'll make it oh, and just die. Some people just like, oh, oh shit. And just sat down. The people who last, the people who went through last, their game was about nine hours or so. So it was that long. None of this five minute nonsense that you see on the screen. It was like nine hours of playing the game. No toilet breaks, nothing. You survived the first game. Just about. Yeah. yeah, just about. <laughs> so so then you got to the dorms afterwards. Yeah. So what happens, by the time we finished playing, they put us on a coach straight back to the hotel. And I got back to the hotel around 11 p.m. Jesus, that's a long 11 day. 11.30. So it's a long day. Then we had a problem with food, right? So everyone getting back. Imagine, I, I made it through with about a minute or so left on the clock. So there's still people behind me, right? And I was getting back about 11. So they must they were getting back around midnight. And there's a pro there's been a problem with food because everyone's hungry now. Where we're we getting food from, the hotel was not providing food, so there was a 
panic over food. They had to order like 300 pizzas. <laughs> oh, <Just> God. <laughs> the logistics of that. Imagine. So a lot of, uh, in the end, long story short, I got no food because they kept telling me we've ordered pizzas. Come back up in half an hour. We'll, we'll give you a ring. We'll call your room and call you up. Go back to my room. Half an hour passed, 40 minutes passed, no call. So I go up there. I smell pizza, but there's none for me because it's all been eaten by people who are coming back. Oh, no. And they go, we've ordered another batch. It's difficult to order like 50 pizzas at a time from places. It's difficult. So bear with us. It's like, it's like their first time. They, I don't know if they could account for how, the chaos that it was, right? The amount of people. And they like, go down, we'll call you up. Didn't call me again. So I just had no food. Then the next day was when we were actually traveling to the dorms. The remaining players who survived, red light, green light. So I woke up, opened the door and I see a cold hamburger hanging from my hotel door. So they did get me food in the end, but it was too late. Mm. It was it was rock. It was just cold. <laughs> a hamburger. I just I just opened it. And it was so dry. I thought, no, no, no. But yeah. So the next day was when we actually got on coaches again to go to the new studio studios in Barking, and that would be our dorms. And was was all the other games filmed at the same place? Yes, okay. it was all filmed in the same studio. It's it's like a quite a new studio. So there's loads of um different uh, studio buildings. And you just walk along to get to each one. But yeah, going into going into the dorms was everyone just opened the door. You're like, oh my gosh. You know, you look at the dorms, you think, wow, this is exactly the same as as the drama series. It was amazing. Well, what was it like, I guess, living in there with, with all these people? And, and oh, I, I mean, the... when I was watching the show, mm. one of the biggest things going through my head was like, how do you sleep? You know, all these people <laughs> in the same room. It must have been yeah. surreal. I mean, when I first went in, it's quite, I was quite overwhelmed. It's just so many people and everyone was running, claiming a bed. So I thought I'll claim my bed. And then once everyone claimed the bed, everyone was back on the floor. Everyone was just talking, introducing themselves. Because this is what they want now. Mm. Now you're allowed to talk. Now you're in the dorm. So introduce yourself and get to know each other. But it was all a bit much. So I just had to sit back down and um, people watch for a bit and just let everyone talk and just take in what's going on because it's you know surreal surreal something like this has never happened to me right so all there's about 200 of us all in there it gets it gets tiring because you, your social battery you know you meet people and they ask you all these questions then you ask them the questions then you move on then you meet someone new and it's the same questions then you ask the same questions but then you have to learn new information because you've talked to someone new but then you're answering the same question then Imagine repeat this on repeat for another 20, 30 people. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'm just going to go lie down now because yeah. I can't take no more. Right. Yeah. And the first day was literally nothing happened. You know, that just talking to each other, uh, showing us the piggy bank and the money filling up. And you're thinking, wow, this is real now that the show, all the people are eliminated, every person that's eliminated, they put $10,000 into the bank. So I think there was over 250 people eliminated. So then you see all this money just falling into a piggy bank. You think, wow. You know, money you've never seen before. So, yeah, was it, was it actually money? I wasn't sure if it was just fake no, money. Yeah. To, you know, yeah, that was um, prop money. Mm, so yeah. The money in the bank is like uh, you know, the movie, the money they use in the movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the image was. I mean, we're trying to play along. Like, wow, this looks amazing. But as they were dropping it, one of the the notes were folded and you see it's like blank on one side I said oh no it's just ruined the image now oh it's <laughs> taking the taking the magic away from yeah me. taking a bit of magic away <laughs> but, but then as as they kept falling it kind of covered it again so forget you saw that 
Yeah. It's real money out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was tough being with so many people. Like I, I'm I'm not I'm quite an introvert, so I'm not used to talking to so many people. And I only could talk to so many people before I'm I'm exhausted, right? I need to reset. So I had to mm-hmm. like decompress sometimes. I understand that. Go back to your bed and just chill. Or just sit with one person at least and just relax and people watch for a bit. Because there's so many different people of different characters in there. Everyone, you've got really extroverted people just making a show. And I know, I don't want to seem mean, but they know the cameras are on. So they, they're putting on a performance, you could tell. Mm. They're playing up to the cameras a bit, getting a bit excited, getting a bit loud and jumpy. And look at me, look at me. But there's a lot of people that just stay quiet and uh, just observe. And that's when we got our first taste of um dorm food so yeah i know you guys are interested to hear about the food i I am very interested to hear about the food (laughs) the only thing about the food i saw was someone peeling carrots (laughs) and that's been all i've seen of the food so far so there was a whole um section it must have been one of the first episodes where they showed the food that was served and it looked like gloop that's, that shows how much Chris is watching, isn't it, Chris? I must, I must have missed that. There was a guy, uh, I can't remember the name. I think he was Italian or something. Yep, Lorenzo. And there you go. Lorenzo, that's it. And, and he he was going around trying to get other people's uh, portions or leftovers, or he managed to get a second portion as well. Yeah, I, I don't know how he did that, but they made just enough portions for everyone, so everyone gets one, right? And all the portions are not even even either. Some people get less, some people get more. I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but that's just the way it turned out, okay? Lorenzo managed to get one, a portion. He walked back to his bed, tucked it under his pillow, that's came right. back and queued up again. Yeah. <laughs> got a second portion. So that w- that would have meant that someone would have got one. a portion. But people were just so nice in there, no one kicked off. Because I, I guess they would have wanted that to happen because someone would have kicked off. Because I don't know if you remember in the drama show, People ended up having fight and mm-hmm. fights over this and stabbing each other and things like that. But <laughs> yeah, no, he went by and then he was um, asking, his, his friends were giving him food as well. So yeah. he's getting extra, all these extra calories. But that meal, it was um, like a fried rice with an egg. That's what it was. But that was one of the, the best meals. Oh, was it? Let you know. Yes. Because it had some sort of seasoning, had some flavor. <laughs> the other meals was as bland as you can imagine. Oh, what, what are the odds of essentially prop food being better than your survival foods <laughs> that's that's nuts man but it was the same it was the same food it was morning you get porridge every breakfast is porridge with no n- nothing in it no just plain porridge but it got to the point where you think if i don't eat this i'm i'm gonna have nothing in my belly so you just have to eat it just shove it down and then you you wash it down with water because that's all you got water and the food they give. So imagine eating the driest, blandest porridge and then washing it down with water. It was just horrible, but I got used to it, so it was all right. <laughs> but the it's... meals were so bland, yeah. Every meal was different, but it was just really bad. So the protein meal was that they gave us a boiled chicken. So imagine you got, um, I don't know, imagine you got to have farm foods or something. You got a frozen chicken and you've boiled it to cook it. And once it's cooked, you then stick it in the oven for another 40 minutes. Oh, Double no. cook it. Then you get it out. Don't season it or anything. Just chuck it on someone's plate and say, here you go. There's your chicken for protein. Oh. Right? Again, nothing to wash it down but water. They give you a couple of just boiled broccoli and then potatoes, right? But you're lucky. Like I said, the portions are different. So sometimes you'll get a good amount of potatoes. Sometimes you get like two or three. You're like, 
Oh my god! This I was chewing. The, I was chewing that chicken. I could not swallow it. I was chewing for ages. I'm oh. like, this won't go down. I don't know what to do. It's like you're chewing paper. And and I'm guess they did it on purpose, trying to give I you think keep. I mean, someone worked out that it was under a thousand calories a day. It was about eight hundred to wow a thousand calories a day. But um, yeah, I think they did it on purpose to make us. We we had no sense of time. They, they didn't let us see the clock. Um, even when production staff, they have their iPhones and someone will try and sneak, say, oh, what's the time? They say, no, 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 we can't tell you. So you had time deprivation as well. Yep. That could so send no sense you of nuts time. on its yep. own, let alone the environment. Where, oh, God. So we don't know what time we're getting sent to bed. We don't know what time we're getting woken up in the morning because we get woken up by the the Squid Game music. It's just That's the alarm. It's just play and then the lights turn on and you just have to wake up. But yeah, you don't know what time it is. Luckily, they, they let us out for air, like for five minutes a day, right? And because I'm, I'm from England, I know when the sun sets, I know what time it is. So they'll let me out about, I see the sunset and I said, this is about half four now. Mm. So I knew what time it was. I said, oh, that must mean dinner's coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> mm, oh, that, yeah, no sense of time. It's crazy. Some rubber chicken coming up, guys. Oh my God. That's Get excited. Worst. That was the worst. <laughs> When we got we got a meatballs dish and that was the best. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, meatballs!" <laughs> we had like it was like imagine you go into a restaurant and you get a kids meal and they give you the smallest meatballs. But for us, it's like this is the best meal. <laughs> Some flavour. So, so, so did you sleep alright in the dorm? Sleeping was not too bad. Depends where you slept though, because because they had bunk beds that were like five bunk bed high. Some of the the middle ones they're really tight so you felt claustrophobic right you look up you could touch the top bunk with your hands all right the, the bunk above you but if you sleep at the top then it i slept at the top as well it just felt so open all you're looking up at, at is um studio lights and massive space so that felt okay but at the beginning the first few days i was sleeping at the bottom so i felt really you know you look to your right you got somebody you look to your left there's somebody there you look up, it's just people. It's like staying in a hostel when you're away where you share in a room with about 10 people, just bunk beds. So it's that kind of feeling. But it gets to a point where you're so tired, you just fall asleep. The only thing keeping you up is if you're unlucky enough to be around a snorer, then you're oh, in trouble. No. And you, even in the other side of the room, you were here. I think each, quad, each corner of the room had a snorer, so you can't get away. <laughs> Someone's snoring. And it's the loudest snore I've ever heard as well. So, yeah, you got block all that out and just go to sleep. And you had to sleep in your um, tracksuit as well. You can't take it off. Oh. Fair enough. <laughs> so that was uncomfortable. Yeah, I bet. I bet you just wanted to get out of the tracksuit as well after a long day. You, yeah, you do, but you, you can't because they've got cameras on you. There's camera on every bed. There's cameras everywhere. You can't escape. There's cameras in the... That we had a communal shower and the commun- communal toilets, so there's just cameras everywhere. Did they not have um, like cubicles for for toilets? Couldn't you yeah, not- toilets the cubicles. There was a camera in there as well. Just oh, in was case. there? Yeah. So you couldn't even but escape said, there for five minutes. But oh they said they were, that those cameras won't be shown. That's just for them to monitor in case you're doing something, you know. But in the showers, how it was it's like you're at a, a leisure centre gym where they where you can look at each other because the, the door of the shower only goes up to about your neck and you can see everyone's feet, those kind of showers. And the showers where you have to press the button on the wall yep. and you get water and then about 10 seconds it'll run out and then you have to press it again. So a swimming One pool of those showers. Old, yeah, it's, it's basically swimming pool showers. Yeah. Keep pumping that, that hot water. Yeah. It's terrible. I think we just used to lean against them, against the wall and keep <laughs> the button pushed in. 
for some reason, I couldn't adjust the the shower head. So if I did do that, I, I, I wouldn't get any water. It would just be like oh, in no. front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it was at least it was hot water though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, there was hot water. They oh, didn't, at least that. Imagine it's just cold water <laughs> punishing us. Yeah. Um, before I get into the games that you were involved in, was there a moment that happened in the dorm? Was that your favorite part? Um, oh, I didn't have a favorite part. Every time, every day where there's a game, it will take a whole day of filming. So you can imagine the same as red light, green light, where you go really early, you wake up, you change your batteries of your mics, and then you go straight, you will do the stair scene where you walk up those colorful stairs. Then you go into the games, which is usually starts off in the white room and everyone's just there waiting. And then the filming process, it will just take the whole day. So it's, you know, you're there at least for nine, 10 hours of filming a game before you get to go back. When you go back, that's probably the best part is when you get to go back to the dorms and think, oh, my bed. Yeah. That is my favorite part. There you go. <laughs> Having a bed there that you could just go and just lie down and yeah. decompress. Mm. And then there, when there's days where there is no filming, then there's going to be a test, which means that something's going to happen within the dorms itself. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's going to be a game, a test, a game, a test, a game, a test in that, like that. Or sometimes a game, two tests, and then the game. Which did you prefer? I preferred a game. Because then at least it's a game. Whereas the test, you just don't know what it is. Because mm. if it turned out that all the games were the same, which again, we didn't know. But when we went in the dorms, we looked around the walls and you see the games were printed on the walls, just like in the show. So mm -hmm. we're guessing, oh, because these are up, it must be the same games. So yeah, it's just to expect the same games. But um, I preferred doing the games, even though the filming was long, at least I knew something was happening. Whereas when we're in the dorms, you don't know what's happening and you're just bored out of your brain. You're trying to find things to do to pass the time yeah it's stimula stimulation versus existing isn't it yeah exactly and again you've got no phone nothing so no tv you just have to actually interact with people which again you're you're only so much your social battery can take right yeah but then again a lot of people were just napping the whole day and only surface when it's meal times and then they'll eat sit down with us for a bit and then back to bed and i thought i would love to do that but i didn't want to waste this kind of opportunity I'm, exactly. I'm in here and I thought this is a once in a lifetime thing. Just make the most of it. Just be, be present with people, you know, speak, get to know people, do the things they do and get involved rather than just in bed all day. Even though that's what I wanted to do after the first couple of days, I thought just sleep all day, make the time pass. Do, do you think you made any kind of like lifelong friends there? Oh, definitely. I'm like, I was calling them like, my, I see them like family now because we've been through such a traumatic time especially red light, green light, mm. all of us shared the same pain and trauma. That, yeah. So I made a lot of bonds there. Friends for life, definitely. Friends for life. Although you didn't win, you still kind of won. I see it that way, yeah. yeah. But I would have loved the money though, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, mate. Oh, <laughs> it wouldn't win real. <laughs> your experiences of, of all the games that you were involved in in the program 
So obviously we've heard about Red Light, Green Light and the trauma of, yeah. of that. But the next game that you were involved in was The Man with the Umbrella, which was yeah. which was the cut the cut a shape out of the honeycomb. Yeah. Game. We called the Algona cookies. Yeah. That was mad. I mean we're we're thinking we can't go in and play the same game because everyone in there had practiced some sort of they've made their own cookie they practiced something. So they had to make, we was thinking there must be a twist. There must be a twist. So we go into the white room, do the stairs scene, go into the white room and you, we see this four stools with numbers on it. One, two, three, four. Then we're told to go stand behind the number. We're like, oh shit, this is going to be cookie, right? Which, which one's going to be? So everyone started thinking like, what was the order in the show? Um, which order was it in, you know? But then they think, oh no, but what if they know they know that we're thinking this and they'll reverse it? <laughs> so then everyone's like just trying to think, oh, is it bluff? Is it double bluff? And trying to think of all these kind of theories and what's going to happen. I thought, I don't know. This is stressing me out. I'm just going to pick a line and stand. As long as it's not number four, because four usually in like Asian culture is bad luck. Right? So right. don't stand at number four. Pick one, two, three. And I thought, I don't want to pick one because one's the first. And I'll just pick the middle, which is two. So I picked line two. And everyone formed their lines. And it just turned out that the order it was in, number four was the umbrella. But we, that doesn't mean that you get the umbrella. As you, you know, that what they did was after we'd lined up, they picked the first four people to enter the room. And once they entered, they have to mutually decide who gets what shape. So I felt bad. It's really hard being the first people because what do you do? And we, we couldn't see. And then there's a massive screen in our room. And then suddenly it turned on. And it's all cinematic because it had the camera sweeping into them. We thought, oh my God, this looks amazing. This must be how it's going to be when it, it, it airs. But we were watching it all go on, go down. So whatever you saw, uh, that's what we were watching live as well. So our reactions were genuine, genuine. And uh, we were shocked when you were shocked. So we said, like, oh shit, what's going to happen now? So then we, whilst we were in the white room, we, we decided, I think the fairest way, because no one's going to, no one's going to give up. No one's going to take the umbrella. So what do we do? They said, the fairest way is whatever line you're in, just accept your fate. You pick that line, whatever shape's in front of that line, you get it. And obviously everyone agreed except for the umbrella line. I said, no, 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 that's not fair. <laughs> but I said, that is the fairest way you could think of. There's nothing else you can do. Someone's got to take yeah. it because otherwise you're just going to keep getting eliminated. I mean, the way it happened, the person who wouldn't take the umbrella, they said because their team will be mad at them. Yeah, but if you don't take it, you're out. And you're in here to, exactly. to win. So just take it. At least you give, although it's almost impossible, you give yourself a, at least a chance, a fighting chance to get through. So just pick the umbrella. Because I, I, was it episode one or two where one of the guys was like, just, you know, let's just do it. And he walked over and just tapped the umbrella. Yeah. And was like, and I know it's, it's weird. It's human nature to take the easy route and the easy way out as, yeah. a, as, as, you know, animals they we all do the same <laughs> but at the end of the day like yourself if i was in that position and i was like fine i'll fucking take the umbrella if i'm out i'm out i'm part of this now but i'm gonna mm. i'm gonna cut the umbrella out the goddamn cookie and it would lose or not um and but i've done it <laughs> the, the, the other side of the scale though is is the people that are in your line who get the umbrella then take a dislike against you and like yes. if there's any and then you know you've got a target on your back because if Spot there's on. any chance of them being able to punish you for that decision they're going to take it you are spot on there jason because that's that's what they were like in there 
they were giving him they were giving him stick for when he picked it. They're like, "Oh, you, you're so weak. Why are you letting them manipulate you and things like that?" This all this was all whilst he picked it. They were all saying that, "Oh, they were angry at him. Why did you pick it? Why did you succumb? You know, you should have fought harder to not pick it." I said, "Yeah, but." There's a timer. They have two minutes to decide. There's no time left. Would you think he's just going to sacrifice so that you guys get an easier shape, and then he's out of the game? No, of course he's going to pick it. Mm. That's just the nature of the game. So yeah, and I was only thinking that because I was in an easy line. You see? <laughs> so I was like, just <laughs> just take your fate, accept it, and yeah. go. <laughs> what did what did you get? A triangle. I got a triangle, which yeah. we thought was the easiest, but mm-hmm. apparently the uh, circle was easier. Oh, okay, but I assume you didn't have much trouble with it. Well, in there, it was a different story, right? 10 minutes we get to do this cookie. And I'm thinking, what should I do? I'm going to try to scratch it first just to see how, how it works. So I start scratching away when the time starts. Then I look up and I thought, oh, a minute's gone. Nothing has happened to this cookie. Right? I'm scratching, not, <laughs> nothing's flaking away. I think, damn, this is thicker than I thought. So I kept scratching the other side, I kept scratching more. I look up and oh, I don't know why time was flying so quick. It was already two and a half minutes gone. I thought... And nothing's happened. So I'm looking around. Everyone's licking it. So I mm-hmm. picked it up. I thought, I'm going to start licking it. And I was licking away. And then I put it down after licking, scratching again. Nothing was happening. It wasn't dent. There wasn't a dent. Nothing. And then it was down to like five minutes. I thought, oh my God. Now I'm panicking because half the time's gone and nothing's happened to this cookie. I'm just doing, not- I'm scratching away for nothing. But then after about another minute, suddenly it just cracked. One whole side cracked off along the, the side of the triangle. I thought, oh. I didn't even do anything and it cracked. So then I started softly stroking the other side. Then that whole side just cracked as well. And it just split like a perfect line from one end of the cookie to the other. So I thought, oh, I've got this. There's only one line left and I've got like two minutes to go. So I was just stroking it softly to be careful. And then it just cracked. So I got through quite easily. Beautiful. But you didn't see because in the episode, they just focused. Because I was in the captain who who won us the shape was Brighton 4-3-2. So the whole episode of our game was just focused on him. So mm-hmm. the camera was just on him the whole time because he's the main character at mm-hmm. the time. So yeah, none of us got any screen time. It's just all all about Brighton. So in reality, licking the honeycomb cookie made no difference. No, it did. Because what oh, it was it doing is it slowly was dissolving it. That's why it cracked. Uh, I thought I heard you say it didn't make... No, I thought it didn't make a difference. Yeah, I thought I was scratching. I thought it looks exactly the same. But then as I was scratching, then suddenly it just cracked. So I thought that must be because of the... Or my saliva slowly yeah. dissolving the, the cooking. If I was looking around, people spitting in their tin. <laughs> oh, no. All sorts, yeah. Some people weren't talking. And I wondered why. They said because they were saving their saliva in yeah. their mouth. They built up a whole mouth full of saliva. And then when it came to start, they just spat it all in. And mm, then yummy. they spat it in the top and then was pushing it into the crevices with their finger, the no, saliva. Lovely. Whereas I attacked it with the other way. I thought, I don't want to do that because it might melt the cookie around it. So yeah. I picked it up. I was looking from underneath, mm. but um, yeah, it worked in the end. So I was glad I was through. Well, how, how hard was it to stop yourself from just eating it? Oh no, I did eat it. It was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was sugar, which is something we we didn't have. Right. Yeah. So um, they said you could eat your cookie. Some people um, dropped their cookie and picked it back up and it had all sand on it, but they were still eating it. Oh no. Because that's how desperate we were for some sort yeah. of sweetness, some sort of sugar. <laughs> it was, it was delicious. Cool. Uh, well, the next game you was involved in was war which was the battleships. Yep. That one, that was a surprise game, right? Mm. Because we all thought it was going to be tug of war. The build up to that game, the days where everyone was um, forming alliances and trying to pick who the strongest guys were. 
And it was pretty bad because I didn't really have a team. So I was watching it all go on. And I would see a lot of the smaller contestants, either the skinnier guys or the smaller girls. Some of them were getting upset. Some of the girls were crying because they were like, if it's tug of war, we have no chance. And you could see all the big, strong guys getting together, forming the teams. And you'll think, oh, no, we're going to have no chance. And that's what people are doing. They're like, oh, do you want to join us? You know, we got this person, this person, this person. And that's what was going on. I thought, oh, this is a bit, I don't like this. I really don't like it, but it is the nature of the game. I guess it's survival of the fittest, I guess, if it's going to be a physical game. But um, I went into it again. We went into the game, through the stairs, into the white room, and then there's, we see eight lines. And they said, just form a line, join the line. And um, you have to have 16 people in each line. If you got over, then you have uh, 10 minutes to sort out, sort yourselves into lines. And this is where you see all the strongest people go to one line and all the small people left, you know, wanting to join. They say, no, 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 we're full. So they're trying to find different lines. It was it was pretty horrible. You know, when you see people desperate like that, trying to do anything they can yeah. to win, it just, you just look at it and think, this is what we resort, resort to. But I guess we are in a game to win money. So, you know, don't look at it like that. I just thought, I'm, I'm not taking part. I just see a line. I'm just going to stand here. Anyone who goes behind me, that's going to be my team. And people slowly start joining the line. And we thought, okay, this is tug of war. And then they're picking out balls. Who's, what number is going to play which number? And then this is the surprise. So remember I told you, we each game takes about eight to 10 hours to film. So we're just in this white room talking tactics. How, we, how do you pull? Now that we've got our teams, we're thinking, all right, let's work on a technique. Do we go one on each side of the rope? All boys on one side, we have a strong anchor. You know, a strong person at the front, which is working. We go one, two, three, pull, one, two, three, pull. Everyone's talking tactics, tactics. We finally walk into the game and then the doors open and it's like, what the hell? This is battleships. <laughs> Nothing to do with tug of war. So we wasted like six hours talking tactics all the days before recruiting people. You want to be on my team? You want to be on my team? You're, you look strong. I like your muscles. Come join me. You know, things like that. For nothing. Just to play a complete game of chance. Or, okay, not all chance, because there is a tactic. My team, we had a captain called B, and she's like a top, top games player. And she said, novice players, pro players, they pick differently. There's a tactic to it. So he said, if you know that, then you go ahead. Because if I was playing, I'd just pick random spots. Mm. And she goes, yep, you will be a novice player. And you novice players always pick these coordinates. And then it turned out right. Yeah. Because she yeah, guessed she where they well. would pick. And then she, yeah, she, she spaced us out where she thinks, because she's guessing that they're going to be novice players. So they're going to do these guesses. So we'll place our boats away from where novice players usually guess. And I thought, wow, there is a there is an art to every game. That's actually, I've never thought of it that way before. Yeah, because she, she, yeah. she broke it down to us. And I thought, you know what? You're so right, because that's exactly how, how I'd play. <laughs> All you, yeah. what you're telling me as a novice, that's exactly where I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. I guess it was quite an easy game for you, really. Honestly... Jason, I did nothing. B just told me where to stand, told yeah. me which boat to get in, and she picked the coordinates. Yeah. She did ask us, I think we should go here. What do you guys think? And we're like, nope, just go there. <laughs> go mm -hmm. where you said. Yeah. That's it. Beautiful. Yeah, so she basically played the game for us, yeah. Then you had uh, a dormitory game, Nowhere to Hide, I believe it was called, where you had to enter a playing number into a keypad. Yeah, we did. And I think it was the player with the most, most votes that got eliminated. Three players get eliminated. Three, wasn't it? The three players with the most votes, yeah. Which was harsh because they gave us, um, they told us what it was going to be. They brought in that keypad and just left it there for hours. And we all just 
I guess they do these, these things. They just bring things in and just leave it there with no explanation. So we're all discussing, oh, what do you think it's going to be? Oh, it looks like a telephone pad. Do you think it's going to be a vote? And then they'll, about three hours later, they would announce there will be a vote, blah, blah, blah. Three people the mo- with the most votes will be out. You have 20 minutes to, you know, think about who you're going to vote. So now everyone's panicking and running around. People who feel like they they got enemies, they'll run around um, saying, oh, you got you got to help me vote for these guys because they're going to vote for me and I've done nothing wrong. And I'm like, oh, don't tell me who to vote for because I don't know none of your politics, none of this drama. I'm, I'm not nothing to do with it. So I just vote who I think. And that's just how it went. I felt bad because um, the first person to get their face up there must not be nice. No. Say you put, Say you vote someone and their face goes up there. They know who's voted, right? Because you've just put the, the numbers in the key. Yeah. But everyone else now can hide behind that vote and just vote for the same person. Yeah. And it's not bad because they're already up there. They don't want to be someone who votes someone new because then that puts a target on their back, you see. Did you know who you was going to put, what number to put in? As a- well, the person I was going to vote was the first person that went up there. Okay. I, I believe it was just 374. I was going to vote him because he was just really annoying. He was irritating me throughout the games the way he asked questions. I mean, he was a nice guy. Just, I couldn't think of anyone else and he was just irritating me, so. Yeah. But then I, in the end, I didn't vote for him. I had to change my vote because um, uh, Dr. V, he was the doctor guy with the glasses. He he got put up there. Then he looked at me and said, bro, help me, please. And I looked at him, I said, fair enough. I'll try to help you and vote for someone else who's up there as well. That's not him. So yeah, I changed my vote in the end. But I was going to vote for the first guy, 374. Mm. Okay, so next was trick or treat. That was um, that was a picnic, wasn't it? I think that I think that led led to the picnic, wasn't it? We had um, there was a telephone that had to be picked up. Yeah, there was another dormitory game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it, I can't remember the I can't remember the dude's name, but he picked up twice, and I was like, dude, yeah. you know, one nine eight, his name Husnain. But they only showed the uh, the phone being picked up twice, but it, their phone actually rang four times. Oh, did it? Which they cut out the other two times. Yeah. So three times it was a treat. Oh. The first treat, yeah, it was um, what you saw, which was burger and fries. The second treat was pizza. The third treat was donuts. Yeah, imagine, because we were deprived of food. So everyone, mm. the first couple of days, all people were talking about was, what's the first thing you'll eat when you get out? What's the first thing you eat when you get out? Because that's all people could think about, food, 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 because the food was so bad. <laughs> I, I remember the, the, the guy who, who picked up the phone and he, the first time and he got the treat and it was like a tray of, it was a burger with fries yep, and everything burger and fries and, and I, everyone and I, just ran yeah, in and that's what I was going to say like animals yeah yeah. I just on the record I was not part of that stampede I was standing aback and just watching and we were shaking our head like what have we come to what is it you know as people what have we resorted to yeah. this is it <laughs> and you know fries was on the floor people picking up from the floor and eating it that's how bad it was what once the first person grabbed the food because everyone was standing around like whoa wow wow food it smells so good it smells so good then as soon as the first person started picking all the hands went in Mm. i don't know if they showed it that good in the show but everyone was going over his shoulder grabbing he was holding the tray so he couldn't actually grab anything he he was holding it for everyone else to grab and food was flying on on the floor people picking it back up from the floor people were taking the burger running away it was it was chaos madness when it got to the when it came to the um donuts, um one guy picked it up and they said you can um nominate one person to share this treat with. So he he called his friend up and they got donuts. But what he did was he walked around and offered it to people and broke a piece off. 
oh. of the donut to people. That's quite nice. So, yeah, I got a piece. <laughs> so <laughs> I, when I ate that small piece, it was um, basically a Krispy Kreme's glazed one, just a plain glazed one. Yeah, so it just had the sugar. Good. Oh my God, that one. But I don't normally like Krispy Kremes that much. And I ate that and I thought, oh my God, this tastes so good. <laughs> but then the last one is what you saw was he picked up and he got self-eliminated. He had to get someone else to pick up the phone within two minutes. That's right. Yeah, no one would. Or he'll be eliminated. And that's what happened, yeah. Um, the trick or treat was actually the jack-in-the-box test. Oh yes, that's it. Which you didn't have any direct involvement in. No. Must have been quite interesting watching. One of the ones was eliminate three people or eliminate two people. And the one guy that was up there, I had not spoken to yet. I managed to avoid him. And then it came to him. He had to eliminate three people or or, or one person or two. And he said one of the reasons the people he's going to vote for is someone because he has never spoken to this person. He has had no interaction with this person. And then you see me standing there and I start folding my arms to cover mm. my number, uh, my shirt. And I started right. slowly creeping behind <laughs> yeah. another player. I thought, that could be me. He could be yeah. talking about me because I've not spoken to him. So I'm trying to hide out of view. So he's looking around. This is what you don't see. He starts looking around because they said, right, get the number in your head. Five minutes, have a look around and then, you know, say the number. So he's looking around. Then what he actually does is he jumps off the stage. I starts walking around to make oh, really? sure he gets the number. Uh, so at this point, I'm trying not to make it obvious that I'm hiding. Hmm. But I'm covering up all my numbers. I'm trying not to make no eye contact. <laughs> you know, trying to just hide because I thought this could be me because I have not spoken to this guy. And he said he's going to pick someone that he's not spoken to. So he does his little lap around. He's looking at everyone's numbers. Then he goes up and he announces it. And lucky for me, it was not me. So I survived that one. <laughs> But yeah, that was, that was quite um quite a tense. It was a simple game, but it was very tense. Yeah, because they're winding the jack in the box, isn't it? And it pops up with yeah. something, yeah. and it's either a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. So then you had the um, I think there was a chore. It might have been the orange juice, where the guys went into the kitchen or whatever, and they had to yeah. like, squeeze X amount of oranges yeah. in thirty minutes. And if they succeeded, you all got a treat. Yeah. That treat was the picnic. Hmm. I mean, that must have been amazing. They're telling us it's a treat, but we all know there's there's no treat without something, <laughs> you know. So we were suspicious of this treat anyway. But there was before that chore, there's, there was chores every day. And we're always suspicious of what these chores mean because people will go out of the dorms into a different room and then they don't surface until another, about half an hour or an hour later. So we don't know what's been going on. So we always get suspicious of these people anyway. So when they went in, they came out and go, what happened? They go, we had to squeeze oranges. I said, all right. So did we pass? They go, don't know. So we had to wait like a whole day and until the evening. I know it's late because we've had dinner and it's been a while after dinner now. And then they announced that there was a chore earlier today. They had to squeeze oranges and they passed. So you all get a treat. And we're like, yeah, we're cheering. But again, a lot of us are thinking, hmm, something fishy is going on. This is not right. And they announced that we get a picnic and we're going to have it now. So they bring all the blankets out. They said, pick a partner. And we were standing there saying, stay away from your friends. Just don't pick anybody. Just stand. <laughs> so we thought, we're just going to stand here. And then everyone's picking. You see people picking. The best friends are picking each other. And then I look over at some best friends and they go the opposite way from each other. So, ah, they must know something's going on because they're not picking each other. The people who you think will go together, they're going separate ways. They're parting like the sea 
of Moses, right? They just go in a different way. And I thought, something's going on and they know it as well. So I'm just going to stand here and not pick any of my friends. And the next thing you know, I hear someone calling my name, Chris, Chris. I'm like, oh shit, who's calling me? It's like, Chris. And it was um, Marina, who's played 77, who I'm friends with. Not my closest friend, but I'm friends with, I'm really cool with at that time. And I hear her calling me, I'm looking, she looks so lonely. And I thought, oh, I feel so bad if I ignore her. So I just went over to her. And we had a lovely picnic, which was great. It was full of strawberries, crisps, uh, sweets, fizzy sweets. It was heaven at the time. Lovely picnic. But as we're going through the picnic, you get to the bottom, you lift up, and then there we see a bag of marbles. And that's when it hit. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> marbles. I knew it. I knew it. People are like, I told you. I told you they would not treat us without something. And that's what it was. Death. <laughs> One of us <laughs> is going to die. De- death for you, unfortunately. Oh, because yeah. marble, marbles was your was your time to go unfortunately it was the one that you couldn't get through if people yeah thanks jason yeah yeah sorry dude well i mean you know (laughs) can't screw the fact uh, the truth can i i still have nightmares about it (laughs) (laughs) like you know marbles it i mean it's a pretty simple game this is what i'm most annoyed about right because you had to um decide a game between the two of you right whether it be a chance game, a luck game, a skill game, whatever game you want, as long as you two agree, and as long as at the end of the time, one person has all the marbles, then done. So we decided to play a skill game. We thought, look, a throwing game, it'll be in our hands. So your fate is in your hands and it's down to your skill, which I agreed with. I think that's the fairest way to do it. So we decided, me and Marino, we decided to play... Um, throwing the marbles into targets. So we drew three circles, like a dartboard, three points for the bullseye, two points for the next, and one point for the outer ring. And we just played. But before we play, this is what they get you to do. Five minutes, you have to talk to each other and tell each other your story, why you're here, and what this money means to you. So you can imagine it's going to, it just went emotional. She told her story and I was in, I, I kid you, I was in tears. I was crying my eyes out. And I thought, oh my God, what have you done to me? You just made me, uh, I'm like a wreck now. Now it's my turn to tell my story. I didn't even start. I just just mentioned my girls because I tried not to think about my girls at all because the point is you're focused on this game. The moment you start thinking about your family, you get into this, this zone in your mind that you don't want to be. You don't want to get emotional. You just want to be focused. Then I started talking about my girls. I started crying even more. And I thought, I'm a wreck now. It's over. I can't do this. Then we actually came to play the game and I was like you've you got me now I, I can't focus I'm shaking I'm missing shots this will happen I was missing shots that normally I wouldn't miss so I blame the emotional talk that we had to do before and they didn't even show any of it I was like what did they, did they not really at that point there was um we were the top 63 so there were 63 players going into this game so we're in pairs of two so there's what they did was one person in the picnic did not have a partner they didn't show this I think they did, didn't they? Because he just stayed in the dorm, didn't he? he what, what happened was he left. And we're like, oh, what's going to happen? And the rest of us went to play marbles. And next thing you know, he, he, he got a buy into the next game. Yeah. So there was um, 31 games of marbles. So they couldn't show, oh, there's too many games to show, right? They showed about five five games. Well, yeah. Plus 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 they had the, the, the American son and mum together that, against they had to other. show the favorites yeah they had yeah so. Th- those they didn't know see there you got mum and son they paired up because yeah. they didn't they should have known but they didn't mm. and they went and paired up which i mean they had double chance to win right two two well, chances yeah. at, at the two whips at the 
cracks at the whip. But I tell you what, there's one story I have to tell you. So after I lost the marbles, what they do is all the losers, as soon as you lose, you get taken off the set, taken outside, straight into a taxi, away from the set and to the hotel. They want to get you out there as soon as possible. So we get back to hotel. That's when we have to debrief with all the, you have to meet up with all the, the psych people, the doctors to interview how you're doing, you know, how you're feeling, make sure, you, you know, you're okay. And then a day later, you get your phone back. So I got my phone back, which is a relief. I messaged my girls. I messaged my eldest daughter and she goes, oh no, dad, what happened? And I said, I'm out. Then she said, I had a dream, I had a dream about you last night. I said, oh yeah, what was it? She goes, I was in a car and then you was outside the car, just standing there looking at me. And then you walked up to the, the window and then you had a piece of paper and you put it against, against the screen and it said 63. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I just dropped the phone. And then I showed, um, I was out with the mom because Leanne that you was just talking about, she was next to me. I said, Leanne, read this. And she read it and she's, oh my God, that is so weird. So she had a dream that I was holding up a number 63 and it, it was the top 63 that I went out on. So I don't know how that happened. That's so I messaged, I messaged her. I said, you done some voodoo magic that made yeah. me <laughs> That's why I'm out. This is your fault. So if you don't get your dream house, this is because of you, all right? You and your little voodoo magic dreaming of me to lose. And I'm like, damn you. That's, you're grounded. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was freaky. Yeah, that is really freaky. So I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in these things, but that is weird. Because in that day, I did have a, a feeling this is the first time I had that feeling of I'll be okay if I go mm-hmm. it's because of I don't know if it's the stress I was 12 days in at that at that point mm. 12 days in of this this diet this bad sleep you know I've lost a lot of weight I ended up losing about seven kilos in those 12 days wow so I thought I was ready to go so during that day I was thinking if I die how should I die so I was thinking of dramatic ways to die and I, then I kept slapping myself why am I thinking like this you know Think how I was thinking all the other days, which is win, win, win. But for some reason that day, I kept thinking half win, but then half, if I lose, I'm going to die like this. If I get squibbed, I'm going to fall slowly or whatever. And I think, why am I thinking like this? But then now it becomes clear that it's because she was she cast a spell <laughs> on me. And that's why I was feeling weird all day, thinking about leaving. And then I actually left and it's her fault. So there's on the record, it's your fault, Kyla. Well, I was, I was gutted for you, mate. And I, I was watching and then I heard 83 get uh, called out and I was like, no. And and they did, and all that, yeah, they didn't even show my death scene properly. Oh, they no. showed it for like two seconds that I've been planning all, all, all day. <laughs> <laughs> showed it for two seconds and it didn't even look dramatic. It just looked like I just fell on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, no, gutted, dude. Yeah, it was really sad to see, see you know, you, you, you got so far and uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, uh, so close yet so far. I mean, the winner was only for, they were only in there for another three, three days. So oh, were they? Another three, four days at max. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, so close. Yeah. I was that in there moves, 12. That moves so quick. Like when you watch a show like this, you think it was filming for like. Four weeks. Like, yeah. Like a month or two months. Yeah. Mate, um, it felt like a month in there. Yeah, Every <laughs> day was so long. <laughs> That's why I felt with these people I, I've met in there. It's like I've been with them for forever because every day just constantly just with that person nowhere you can't even escape from them unless you go toilet or you go to your bed you're just with them all day that felt like i've known him after i've left only 12 days i've known him for like years a day in there is like a month out here to Mm. be honest 
I'm closer to them than some of my friends out here, to be honest. Because mm. I, you know, you imagine your friends here you haven't seen for a while. You, you meet up with them every so often, and then you only you go out to dinner or something. You're there for like a few hours, then you don't see them again for like six months. So that's, imagine that's three hours every six months. Whereas these guys, I'm just with them like 24 seven. So you've kind of got that I don't know, like bond of just going through these yeah strange experiences that nobody else would understand. And that's what I felt when I came out. I was trying to speak to people about it out here in the real world. And uh, no one could really understand all the, all the emotions I went through. The, it's like they're just listening, but they don't really get it. They don't yeah. get the pain I went through for mm. the games, the weight, everything, the anxieties. Whereas then you speak to anyone in there and immediately they, they know what you're talking about. Yeah. They had the same feeling. They shared the same thing. So just bonded in that way. And it's like, it's like we went to war with each other. I don't know. It's like bonded, like band of brothers or something. <laughs> it's just a weird <laughs> feeling. Yeah. That you yeah. don't get with friends out here. I don't know. It's really weird. It was, yeah. a, like I said, we're bonded family. They're like my family now. So I, I said to them, even though I didn't win, like I won by meeting them. So yeah. new friends. Mm. And we shared such a great experience together. Because you don't really see it. You think it's just some silly reality thing. But it's a whole different experience when you're actually in it. Like what, what you go through and um, the experiences you go through and uh, the bonds you make with people. And the, the conversations you have, you go really deep because... Again, there's nothing else to do but talk to each other or sleep. So you actually connect, really connect with people properly with no distractions. There's no phones going off in the middle of your conversation, nothing like that. None of your kids interrupting you. It's just, just you and the person all day, every day. So you bond over everything as well. How bad the food is, how bad the showers are, how dirty the dorm the dorms are. You just bond over everything. So yeah, it's a great experience. I've come out so glad that I actually applied mm. and decided to go on but I'm definitely done with reality I'm telling you <laughs> I said I don't mind going on a game show but in these reality shows it's just too much it's emotionally taxing mentally emotionally it's, it's a lot and they, especially when they take you into the interview rooms and they like want you to recap everything yeah. how you're feeling and you have to speak in present tense mm. because it, they interview you after so everything's past right but you have to speak as if it's present Right, And sometimes they'll even interview like three, four days after the event. So you have to go back. You think, okay, I can go, I can think back three days, but three days in there, again, it's like three, three months. So it's like, I don't remember what, how I felt three months ago. It's like, it's, it's, it's annoying, but you have, and it's, yeah. But I loved it. It was taxing, but I loved it in yeah. the end. What was your emotions like watching the rest of the show after you got knocked out? I was overwhelmed with emotion watching it. I had to take a break because it took me right back. When I was watching the episodes, it took me right back to exactly how I felt at the time of each each moment. And it got a bit overwhelming. I had to take a break just to, uh, it got a bit much emotionally, just thinking how I felt because there was a lot of sad times where you, after every game, you, you make such bonds with people and then they go into a game then they just don't come back into the dorm. That means they've gone and you just don't see them mm -hmm. again. So you've just made this bond the whole night before or the few nights before you've been speaking and learning about each other's lives and sharing all, all, all this. And then you play a game and they're just gone. They don't come back. And you think, ah, oh, shit, I really like that person. Then you have to make new bonds with new people. So watching it and then remembering those exact moments, it just brought you right back. It was like I was there again. That's how bad it was. And then after when I was eliminated, obviously I have no more memory of mm. what happened after. So it's just like watching as a fan now and thinking, I like this person. I'm hoping you win. And just watching it as if, you know, like you guys are watching it. But the episodes I was in, it was tough to watch. Yeah. It was really tough. 
Was you envious of the the challenges that they did that you could have had a chance to do? Oh, not really, because I, I really, to be honest, I did not like the challenges because they were all chance. Mm. In terms of there was nothing. I mean, I say that I went out on a game in my own hands of skill, but everything else was like um, rolling dice, rock paper scissors, or self elimination where you just pick a button. I don't know. It's, I don't like that that much. I want there to be an element of skill as well rather than just yeah brain power yeah brain power and mind stimulation i mean it was like rock paper scissors rolling dice of the glass bridge which is 50 50 left or right you know Uh, i I don't know i don't know i did want to get to the glass bridge though because that looked amazing it did and i I would have loved to have known how far that drop actually went (laughs) the reality of it it was about they said it's about one two stories high and there was a massive airbag at the bottom that's quite high and a secret yeah, one story. They said it was. They said it was high, but not as high as it seemed on the show. It was yeah. a lot lower. I don't know if you know the secret. Is um, they don't actually fall when they fall. Oh, okay. Stunt doubles. Oh, is it? Yeah. Really? Oh my god. <laughs> so you see it, but they they film it in a way where it looks like they fall. Yeah. So you, you would choose left or I don't know. Sorry, I'm ruining the magic of it no, all. No, but no, it's interesting though. It's reality. You you yeah. you jump left or right. You make your decision. You jump, and then they will announce whether you know, you're safe or you're not. And if you're not safe, you have to do a whole crouch. So you you have to crouch from standing to down. And then I guess that's where they cut it. And then they get the stunt double in and the floor will actually open up like a trap door and they will actually fall. But it's not you because you're not trained to fall. You could fall and, I don't know, land awkwardly on your your leg or something mm. like that. Even though it's a big airbag, you're not, we ordinary men are not trained to, or people are not trained to fall professionally. So they get the stunt guys in. <laughs> yeah, so I think people probably keep their legs out straight too much and yeah that's where the <laughs> or something yeah in. yeah exactly instead of like but yeah so well, that, that was the yeah so that was um when they told us it was stunt double, I was like what <laughs> oh, I would have loved to fall myself yeah so it was it was real in terms of I mean they could have rigged it because you don't know which one they could you could have jumped left or right if they didn't like you I guess they could have said this was you incorrect and then you would have had to fall and swap out with the stunt double but who knows it was as fair as a lot of people asking me was it rigged was it rigged and I could safely say it wasn't rigged, but they did have their favorites who mm. they wanted to get through. But there's some games you cannot rig. So those favorites went out like Brighton. He went out on warships because, again, how can you control what people pick on the other side? Mm. Especially if it's chance as well. It's 50-50. Exactly. Like, exactly. Is it you either do or you don't? Mm. <laughs> exactly. So, that, I mean, and that was going to be my last question for you about Squid Games. It's about the controversy that surrounds the show. And like even other contestants have said this as well, where the show was rigged, it was scripted. You know, it was all like sorted before cameras rolled. And I wondered what your thoughts mm. were on that. To my knowledge, well, this is what happened. All the people that went out on Red Light, Green Light, they created this whole, it's a fix, it's scripted, it's rigged. They knew before who they wanted through. That's why people were mic'd up. I said, no, not not necessarily. I was not mic'd up. I got through. There were people that were mic'd up that went out. So yes, they they admitted they had their favorites or people they earmark earlier on as stronger bunny ears, stronger contenders, right? But some of them went out, so they had to find new, new people to focus on. And the, the narrative the people who went out were going with were there weren't enough beds. That's why they had to eliminate a certain amount of people. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I got through 
I had interviews that weren't shown, so I clearly wasn't a favorite. But yeah, I, I made it through all the games. And again, you can't rig my marbles game because I lost. So for it to be rigged, I would have had to miss on purpose, which I was trying my best to hit the target. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so things like that. But I do get their frustrations because a lot of them, they felt they didn't move and they got squibbed. But what it was is you're standing still for half an hour. So you could have moved any time in half an hour and they don't squib you straight away. They review footage. They keep, that's why it takes so long. They, they watch the footage and then they see who moved and then they'll squib that person. But it could have been from five minutes ago. So that's why that kind of counters what they say there. And then they say it was rigged. You know, they wanted certain people to win. I said, again, it's difficult to rig chance games. They can try their best to try to get it in favor of that person. But when it's chance games or it's in your, I don't know how you can do that. You know, battleships, how can you do that? Mm -hmm. Cookie, if you crack your cookie, that's, that's down to you, isn't it? So I don't know. And in terms of um, situations, what they did was they did encourage everything's natural. So you're, you're speaking to each other and they're listening to you 24 seven. So if you have something interesting you're talking about and then suddenly you stop, what they do is they'll call you back and say, oh, you was having a lovely, that happened to me once. I was having a conversation. There was about three of us. We were talking and then I said, oh, I need to pee guys. Cause I was, this happened. They didn't give us Vaseline for the first three days. So we all had cracked and chapped lips. So it was constantly licking and oh, I was constantly drinking water because I get the, you know, when your lips are sore and you lick it to, and that just actually makes it worse. Right. So I was getting, a, I had a massive red ring around my lips and most people did. So I was constantly drinking cold water just to try and counteract the soreness. So I kept needing to go to the toilet. So I was having this conversation and I said, guys, I need to go pee. I went pee. Then I hear, could player 83 please return to the, the floor. And then I thought, oh, why are they calling me for? So I went back and then a producer came up to me and we're like, oh, God, you was having a lovely conversation there. And then you just disappeared to go to the toilet. And now, you know, we was, you was, so could you, would you mind going back and just carrying on that conversation? I said, oh, okay. Do you want me to talk about anything in, in specific? And they said, no, just carry on what you're talking about. Because it was a good conversation. So things like that. They will, they will want you to, whatever you're talking about, if they like it and they'll tell you to carry on. There are times where they will move you to a better lighting place because you could be talking right depths of the bunk beds, you know, right deep in the darkest corner of the bunk beds. And they're like, <laughs> come out into the light a bit so we can see you. But carry on with that conversation that you were having. So they're not telling you what to talk about. Mm. But if you are, if you do happen to talk about something good, that, something interesting, then they, they, they bring you out into the open and say, just carry on what you're talking about. So that kind of thing. It's not scripted, but sometimes they do want you to repeat what you're talking about. Well, I lied when I said that was your last question because I do have one more. And it's the, most, <laughs> it's the most important question. And that is from my 13-year-old son who watched the Squid Game, the challenge with us. Mm. And he really wanted to know which was your favorite game. My favorite game, just out of um, pure adversity and pain, it was Red Light, Green Light. It was the worst thing I've ever done. But... Once you complete something like that, you're like, I did it. I I learned a lot about myself in that game. I managed to survive mentally, physically, what I had to endure. I thought, I'm a better person for it. So that, just how rewarding I felt after, that had to be my favorite game. Mm. Even though if you asked me to play it again, I would never, <laughs> I would probably just punch you in the face. I said, don't mention that in front of me again, because <laughs> I don't want to hear it. But from how I felt after, it felt so good. It's like the ecstasy of winning. Or not winning, but, you know, surviving the game. 
it's one of those things that looks so simple, but is like probably the most anxiety-ridden, physical, de- physically demanding things, but looks such a simple thing on on screen. It, it is. It's because you don't when you play. No one knows how what the leeway is of how much you can move. So at the beginning, you're just staying as still as possible. You don't even want to move your. You don't mm. even want to twitch your nose in case they say, "Oh, you moved." You know, and I'm quite a twitcher, so I, I sometimes have to twitch my nose and I'm scared. What if I need to cough? You know, anything. What if I need to sneeze because it's really cold, you know? Just, mm-hmm. You just don't know how much leeway they're going to give you. So just the anxiety of just standing still and thinking, I can't move, I can't move. But that first stop when I told you I was shaking, I literally, I thought, I'm dead. I am going home after one, after one pause, one stop, which is like 10 minutes into the game. I thought, it's done. And this is crazy. I built up so much, so many months of preparing mentally for this, and this is how I go out. Terrible. Well, thankfully you didn't, and you managed to um, stay in there a little bit longer. So yeah, it was it was sad. It was a good experience, great experience actually. But I'm just yeah. I always think back every day. It haunts me of marbles. <laughs> marbles just haunts me. I can't look at another. I actually bought a bag of marbles just as like a memento souvenir of. It, but every time I look at it, I just get, I just have nightmares and think, ah, oh, you know, if only, only I've got one. I only lost by, I tell you, I only lost by three points. And that is just me hitting a two and her hitting a three, three times. That's, if you think of it like that, she hits bullseye, I hit the, the two point ring. And just those three times is the three points. Haunts me every time. Well, Chrissy, mate, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your, your experience of Squid Game, the challenge with us. It was it was enlightening. It was really interesting. Yeah, no, just just really, really appreciate it, dude. So thanks very much. Oh, thanks for having me. What's next? What are we expecting to see you on? It's been a year because this was January last year I went in. Mm-hmm. So it's been a whole, you know, 13 months now. And um, I feel like I can get into something now. So <laughs> I'm ready. It's been a whole year. <laughs> I'm ready. But yeah, in terms of reality, I've probably done. But I would love to do something again. Just, just want to see when the next Games Master is going to get commissioned to mm. uh, jump back on that. Yeah, man. They should definitely go. They should, they'll definitely have you on. Come on. Chance to have three golden joysticks. I mean. Uh, yeah, I would love to. If they, once they get that ball rolling, I'd love to be in contact with somebody and, mm. um, you know, go through some ideas what we can do. Mm. Hopefully. Just just as long as it's not involving smashing a joystick. Yeah. <laughs> I say no smashing joysticks. Nothing to do with marbles, then I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, so yeah, something something to do with a game show. That would be fun for me. And thank you to you, the listeners, uh, for your company. And we hope that you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have had having it. And please look out for our next episode, which should be in your feeds in a couple of weeks' time. But until then, we hope you all take care out there and stay safe. And we'll speak to you very soon. Take care. Bye. Take care, everyone.